Welcome to the Kinda Crunchy Podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. We can't wait for you to hear today's episode, so let's get to it. Welcome back to Kinda Crunchy, guys. Um, surprise, this is Rachel here. And today, you are getting a solo episode from me. Um, I don't know that anyone asked for this, but Jensen and I had planned to record this morning, and then she woke up um, feeling deathly ill. And in honor of practicing what we preach, we both decided Jensen should stay home and rest instead of try to push yourself out of bed and come podcast. And so you get lucky enough to hear me today. And, um, you know, I've kind of scrounged together what I'm going to talk about. And I have no doubt in myself that I could talk for 30, 45 minutes, an hour without interruption. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. What, what comes of this episode? I don't know how many crunchy topics it's going to be. Um, I think it might just be like a collection of a bunch of things I want to talk about. So I know that I'm going to go through some life updates. I've got a lot going on to update you guys about. Um, I have a little loving it, hating it segment I'm going to go through. And then I'm also going to answer some of your Q&A questions here at the end. So yeah, that's really the plan for today. Um, we're going to go ahead and I'm just going to hop right into it. Um, one positive of today is I will not be interrupting Jensen as much because there's no one here to interrupt. So, I mean, that's, that's a plus of this episode for sure. Um, I want to talk to you guys about like, I recently got my first bee sting. I've said on this podcast before, I've never been stung by a bee in my life. Well, Jensen and I, I'm truly starting to believe if we say something on here, like I've never, then we're going to get jinxed with it because Jensen was talking about how she like never gets sick and then she got sick. So same thing happened with me with the bee sting. Um, there's like a nest of bees where our deck connects to the door that goes onto it. It's like a, a raised deck off the back of our house and there's a door and under the deck, there's a bee's nest. Like right under where like the bottom framing of the door would be and so my husband's tried to get it countless times he's used all different kinds of things things I don't even like that I'm like please don't use that chemical in our house especially because my dog has a doggy door there and I'm concerned like oh a chemical will get on his paw and then track in the house or hurt him or something like that so anyway my husband's tried to get it it has been like impossible because of where where they're going you can't get back in there he's even like been out there with like tools trying to stab at the nest at, at his own risk. Right. Um, and so we've been trying to get this bee's nest all summer. It's been so annoying because you just open the door and there's a swarm of bees flying in under it. And you like walk into the swarm of bees. Well, I've had no issue walking through them. They're yellow jackets, but they haven't been aggressive or anything. Cause like they just want to go to their nest. So I just walk on past them, even if there's several there and I've been completely unbothered by them. But a few weeks ago, I went to walk into my house and I somehow just by chance must have like caught one with my foot to step on in the house. And so I shut the door behind me as I was stepping in and I felt like this pinch as I was stepping down. And I noticed then like what was happening that like there was a bug or something biting me. So then I like let out a little yelp and was like kind of shaking my foot and also pushing it down at the same time to try to like kill the bug just instinctually. Well, I must have killed 
the bee because it was a yellow jacket in between my toes, guys, and it stung me. And oh my gosh, does it hurt? I told Logan, I said, I thought people were just dramatic about bee stings. Like, I thought they were just like, wow, wow, I got a bee sting. No, those things hurt. And I only got one. And I can't imagine like the people who get multiple bee stings. Oh, that would be some pain. I would be taking off work, actually, because I am dramatic like that. But these, this bee sting on my toe, I, yellow jackets don't always have a stinger they leave, I guess, but they do if it's like a defensive type thing. And apparently since I was squishing him, it was defensive. So there was a stinger stuck in my toe. So I pulled it out and then it was like instant pain, right? And like, it was in between my two toes. It hurt so bad. And they were, it was like swelling already. So I was like, okay, what little natural remedies can I do for this? So I did a baking soda paste, just baking soda and water mixed together. And I put that on because it's supposed to help like draw out the poison, I guess. I've also heard raw onion does that. I Even my doctor told me that, that her first thing she does when she gets a bee sting is she takes some raw onion and puts it there because it draws out like that poison and the pain and swelling. So I didn't know about the onion um, immediately. That's something I found after I did a baking soda, um, paste and tried to pull out like that poison. And then I did a vinegar compress and then I did a bentonite clay, um, paste on it. So it was just like the Aztec healing clay, bentonite clay mixed with some water. And then I put that on and oh my gosh, did that soothe it? Like when I did not have that on, it was so painful and swollen and itchy and annoying. But when I have that clay on, it just like, it helped so much. And they said, I guess that that can draw out the poison too and help. So it was like one or two days, I think, um, that I kept doing the bentonite clay. Um, and it really wasn't bothering me that much every once in a while, especially cause it was my foot. And like, there's a lot of pressure down there. Every once in a while I would elevate my foot, um, to just kind of like alleviate some of the pressure that was happening. But aside from that, um, it wasn't that painful. And then like the third day came in, oh my gosh, it was just throbbing. I could not stand it. I also had to take a break from working out during this because like it's on your foot where you have a lot of pressure. Um, even like taking my dog for a walk was painful or like cooking dinner because it was too long on my feet kind of that I needed to get it elevated. Well, then come the third day, it was like worse than ever. And I was like, okay, what's going on? So I decided the swelling had gone down. I was going to do a little inspection of the toe. Well, lo and behold, I didn't get the whole stinger out. So there was like this one little spot where just the tip of the stinger was still stuck. So all the pressure was like swelling up around that, right? Because it's like a foreign object in my body. And it must have just, I think when I got the sting, it swelled up so fast and so much that what happened, oh, I've got quite the rainstorm happening. I'm not sure if you guys will pick that up on the sound or not, but it is starting to literally pour. Um, but what had happened is a little bit of the stinger got stuck in there, even when I pulled the stinger out. And so I um, had to go in and get that last bit of stinger out. And oh my goodness, when I got that last little piece of stinger out, it was like, okay, this might be too, this might gross people out. I don't know if anyone watches like Dr. Pimple Popper videos where... <laughs> I mean, that's a TV show now. And then I know like there's TikTok and YouTube videos of people popping zits. And to some people, it is absolutely disgusting. 
and it will actually to anyone it's absolutely disgusting but there is some kind of like satisfaction in knowing that person is getting like a release from pain from the pressure behind like that cyst popping or whatever it is and I know that sounds disgusting but that's literally like with this feasting when I took that final bit of stinger out oh my gosh the pressure that was alleviated there was like all this clear liquid that came out of my toe which I know that's TMI I'm probably grossing everybody out like this is when people stop listening to my solo episode right that's why I don't do solo episodes this is what happens um the release of pressure was like heavenly like after that my toes been fine haven't noticed a thing it was like I just had to get that out but I will tell you what a bee sting is annoying and it is painful and I feel for anyone who's ever gotten one that I've belittled it because now I understand now I know and uh it really wasn't enjoyable not something I want to do again I actually okay this is a tangent but I saw this video recently on TikTok and it was like making me laugh so hard which it's gonna sound sad when I explain it but you'll understand why it was about this little boy he was like eight and he's allergic to bees and this was a literal like news broadcast it wasn't some like mean funny thing it was a news broadcast someone was sharing the clip of and he was allergic to bees got stung by like 400 bees with an allergy to it and he survived it and you know how he survived it do you remember that show oh what was it it was either dragon ball z or Yu-Gi-Oh, and it was like anime when I was little, I would faintly remember my brother watching it. And then like my husband has talked about it sometimes. There's a thing called going super Saiyan in it. And it's like a memeable, funny thing these days. This kid, I'm not, I'm not joking guys. In the news broadcast, they were saying kid goes super Saiyan to save his own life when getting stung by 400 bees with an allergy. And they said like he did this thing where he went super Saiyan, which is essentially, I think like where like you squeeze your your hands really tight and like tense your body and scream bloody murder from my understanding and like in the tv show or whatever the guy like turns into his superpowers or like harnesses his powers through that but this kid did it I don't know why he did it but he did it probably because he was an eight-year-old boy and they said that it like spiked something in his body to work against the anaphylactic shock that would have happened from all the bee stings with his allergy and that it literally saved his life to go super saiyan so i just thought that was hilarious just a, a fun tidbit but yeah i got my first bee sting and it was absolutely miserable um other life update oh guys i told jensen i was like before we knew she was gonna be sick and couldn't attend podcasting we were just talking about life and i was like jensen i just feel like i could like cry on a whole episode with you and not even out of sadness, just out of like, I feel like my life's just been, I don't know, I'm just in like this transitional period. And there's just like so much going on and, and so much decompressing to do. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was when good things become bad. And I have been experiencing this um, where uh, my whole life because I'm a chronically busy person. Jones and I both talked about this, but lately I've been in a place where I have so many good things happening in my life. And that's not like a brag. That's just like, I'm blessed beyond words, um, to have so many great opportunities and great things happening. But 
it's been so many good things that it's becoming bad because I can tell it's been leading to burnout. And I've had a couple weekends now for the first time in forever that haven't had anything planned. And I realized like, wow, I need to take time for myself and like rest and self care and just doing things that I want to and like are important to me. Um, and I don't, I don't allow enough wiggle room for that in my schedule. And so I've been having to step back from some things to avoid that burnout. And that sucks, especially when it's like things you love, things you're good at, things you want to be doing. And then it's like, you get to a point where you're like, it's too much good stuff. And like, it's becoming bad because I'm overwhelmed and I'm not able to deal with it all. Or like, just like be in a good place mentally or physically or emotionally or any of that. And then to like, realize that is the first step, but then to be like, okay, well, what do I pull back on? Because I'm going to feel bad on all of them, especially when you're like, I'm like a type of person that doesn't like to let down people. So if I've agreed to like some sort of commitment and then I have to pull back from it in the name of my own health, I still feel like awful. Like it tears me up. Like I'm letting that person down in some way, even if they have like no problem with it, no expectation, it's still like, it's just a tough thing to do. And so then really trying to assess your life and being like, what do I cut? What do I keep? And why? It really makes you like take a different look at your life. And so unfortunately, I've had to pull back from some things. The podcast is not one. Lucky you guys, you get to keep hearing me. Um, but there have been some other things in my life. And it's just been, you know, tough decisions, tough, tough, um, tough, tough to figure out, but all in the name of my health. So I'm proud that I have made those hard decisions, even with, um, it being good things that I'm going to miss. Um, okay. Third thing, life update. I have five, by the way. Uh, okay. This is a funny story. I went to the gym a week or so ago and I had to pee before I got started. And so I went to the one bathroom and it was locked. So they're like single use bathrooms that have like showers in them. There's a couple at the gym. Um, there's three of them actually. And so I went to the one, it was locked. The one directly across from it, the door was shut, but like sometimes people shut the doors and they're not locked there. And so I clicked on the handle. Um, they're not like turn handles. They're like lever handles. So I pushed the handle down to try to go in and it like did like a weird click, but it opened. And so I'm like walking in. I was also half on my phone. And as I'm walking in and look up, there is a man standing behind the door, opening it for me. He's in the bathroom and I like look at him and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, it's okay. I'm done. Come on in. And just like motions for me to come on in. And I was like, no, really, it's okay. Um, so I swiftly left and went to the third bathroom. But he was just more than welcoming to have me just join him on in there. I think what happened is I think he was finished going to the bathroom. And maybe on the other side of the door, he like the door had been locked. And he just by chance was pushing down the lever as I was. And like from the inside, when you do that, it unlocks it. And so then he went to pull back and as he did, he realized someone was pushing towards him and then he like, didn't know what to do, but it was just so awkward because he didn't say anything. Like someone walks in on me in the bathroom. I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm in here. But he just welcomed me in, just like motioned and like, come on in and join the party. 
And I was like, mm, not today, maybe another day, but not today, buddy. So yeah, that was just funny, kind of awkward. Um, okay, another thing I want to talk about is I have been going through my creative reawakening. This kind of go hand, goes hand in hand with me talking about having to step back from things in my life. Um, oh my goodness, I don't know, can you guys hear this rainstorm? It is a downpour. It's beautiful though. I love a beautiful rainstorm and like watching it from the shed, it's just a gorgeous rain, but it is noisy. I hope you guys aren't picking up too much on this. Um, but if you are, maybe it'll be like relaxing ASMR with my voice over it and the rain in the background, right? But what I was saying is I've been going through a creative reawakening recently. Um, I've gotten a couple weekends where I have not had anything to do. And, you know, I've, I have ebbs and flows in my life. So I am like a creative person at my core. I am a creative but I get my life so muddied up with responsibilities that I don't have time to like tap into that. And I have to push it back and push it off. And that sucks and I hate that, but that's like the nature of life. I wish I could just like stay home and frolic in gardens and sing songs, but that's not reality, right? So it's always trying to find that balance. And it's hard because like when I was in high school, I was, yes, very busy, like made myself unnecessarily busy with stupid things. Um, but I was like, if I got like a creative wind, I could just like run with it. Like if I was like, Oh my gosh, I have a music, I have a song in my head. I need to write right now. Like that's what my day was like. That's what I was going for. And so I used to really have like more liberty and flexibility in my life to be able to like run with creative impulses. Um, and I've had all different kinds of like creative endeavors, I guess, in my life. I've been really into music. That's like long standing. Um, I've talked about it on here before. I, I played violin from the time I was seven. I took lessons till I was like 19, um, classical violin, but I would do a lot of like modern covers. And, um, I also learned piano, guitar, ukulele, and I did some vocal lessons at one point which that's a story in itself. My vocal teacher, um, she just no-showed on me one day. Like she used to come to our house and we were like calling and calling and trying to figure out where she was. And then she was, I mean, this is actually kind of sad. Uh, I think she was put in prison for drugs and we had like no idea. So I was like, mm, okay, good. She was very like a theater vocal coach though. Like she had me really doing like the big, almost like opera theater type of stuff. Um, two songs had them down. The one was from Beauty and the Beast, and I cannot for the life of me remember it. The other one was Jar of Hearts by Christina Perry. Those were my my two vocal songs that I hit hard on. That Oh, yeah. You could hear me singing those all the time. I'm pretty sure my family and uh, best friends hate those songs. I know that um, my one friend listening to this will be like laughing her butt off thinking about Jar of Hearts by Christina Perry because I just thought I was a superstar singing that. I just thought like I unmatched, like I could do a cover of that and it would soar on the charts, right? Um, but that's aside the point. What I was trying to say is I've always been very musical. I used to write a lot of songs, write a lot of music. I would do um, obviously like lyrics for it, but then I would do music like piano, guitar, violin. Um, I'd use a little garage band on my computer, record it, make a whole song, play all the parts you know, do everything and just like be vibing. Right. I, I wrote like a couple albums actually, um, that 
no ears have heard other than my husband, his special album, which he was like, mm, I don't know, this is kind of weird for me to listen to. Can you write it out for me instead? Um, <laughs> but music has always been a thing for me. I still love music. I don't get as much time to play it now. And it's really been, um, I don't, I don't feel as drawn to it. And that makes me so sad because everybody says like you grow up and you lose those music skills unless you like stay sharp on them. And I play enough to stay sharp with it, but it hasn't been like where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to do this right now. Um, another thing in the past I've been creative with is art. I really was into art in high school for a while there. I was doing a lot of um, real life portraits, especially with like charcoal. Um, not painting. It was more, more drawing charcoal. Um, and I entered a few competitions and won a few competitions and my art teachers really pushed for me to go into being like an art teacher or something. But I was like, no, <laughs> I didn't. I, I felt like that would take the joy out of me doing art, having to do it as like a job and teach. And that's always been my thing with anything I love is like, if I make it into too much of a job, it sucks the joy out of it for me. So that's why like, even with this podcast, we've been really trying to keep the balance of like, this doesn't have to be like a full fledged job and a full fledged thing. Like it's something we love and we're passionate about and we do to fill up like our heart and our soul cup more than, um, doing to like make money or make into a business. Um, and it's, it's hard for me to keep that balance because I love to just like grow things and try to overachieve in them. Um, and I'm glad that I like with my music, with my art, with that, all the creative things that like I really loved and really filled me up. I've always kind of, um, had like that reserve to be like, no, I don't want to make this into something I hate. Well, so recently it's been so weird because the thing that has like reawakened my creative spirit and soul has literally been reading guys. And I know I talked about how much I'm loving reading on a few episodes before this, but I just like a couple months ago started reading fiction books for the first time in probably 10 years. And I always just felt like they were like a waste of my time. Like I would read like self-help and wellness books because I felt like, oh, that's productive. Like that's actually doing something for my life. But what I found with reading these fiction books is it's like an escape for me that I have so much going on throughout the day that to sit down and read like more information about like how to change or alter something is just, it's, I'm not going to read them because it's overwhelming to my brain and it's just too much. So reading fiction has been like such an escape of just like allowing my mind um, to go to like another story, another place. I told Logan, I was like, it's like watching a movie, except way less like stimulating because you're imagining everything. So it's actually, well, I mean, I guess maybe that's more stimulating in your brain than like watching it, but you don't have the visuals there. You don't have the sounds. You just have the words in your imagination. But the books I've been reading have been so well done that I can literally see like everything crystal clear. It's like a movie in my head I've watched, even though I've only read it. And it's like when you get a really good book and you want to know what happens, the only way to figure it out is to read it. And then I've been like ravenous for these books, but they've also just made me feel so like alive and creative. And I'm just like in this whole other universe in my head. And, um, yeah, it just like hit me out of left field because there's been different things in my life. A lot of times it's like, 
um, nature or listening to other music or something like that that kind of inspires me and like reawakens that little light of creativity. Um, also just when I like free up my schedule, it seems to happen. But reading has really been it for me lately. So I've just been like on a creative bender, um, just going wild, making things and for no reason other than to create. And I just think there's like something beautiful in that to just like making music and writing words and making art and just like feeling alive by it. I really think we were like created to create and we like push that back and fill our schedule all the time with like other tasks and responsibilities. But when we lean into giving ourselves some time to like really um, create and like be who we're supposed to and make beautiful things just for the sake of doing it, I just think it like alightens, alightens? I don't even know if that's a word. It lightens a, a little spark in us. Um, speaking of, I was telling Logan the other day, you know, this might sound way out there, but I was talking about, we have these bodies, but like obviously who we are, like our soul, who we are is not like tied to the body. It is, but it isn't because when you die, like your body's still here, but obviously that like soul, that eunice leaps, right? And so I was telling him, I asked like, how do you envision that? And he's like, I don't, I never have, like, I haven't thought about this. And, um, I was telling him how I envision it is like this little glowing orb of light that's in us. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's like central to us, like right here in the middle, kind of by our heart, but it's not our heart. Right. And this is totally, there is no science behind this guys. There is no <laughs> evidence. This is just my visual, um, that we have like this little glowing orb of light. And that's like us. That's our Eunice, our soul, our, that's, that's our life glowing. And I was telling him, I feel like when I envision my life and like things happening and myself, I can see that there are things that make that light like brighter and glowing more and then things that dim it more. And I was just telling him, lucky you, Logan, you're normally the thing that lights it up a lot um, along with these other things that are inspiring me. And like, like I said, like music, nature, lately like reading, there's a lot of other things too. Um, but I just like having that visual, I've, I've had that for years. Um, I don't think I've shared it though, cause it just sounds weird to share. I don't know if anyone's going to understand what I'm saying, but, um, that visual of like that little light glowing brighter or dimmer. When I think of it that way of like, is this, is this like filling my soul up with joy that it's like glowing more or is it dimming that light? Um, it helps me make decisions as far as like what I should be doing, um, with my life. But that was a very long singular life update. I told you guys I would have no issue, um, talking, 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 right? So the next thing we're going to go into is loves and hates. Um, this is a segment I have listened before to a podcast called the bad broadcast, um, by Maddie Murphy. And she does a segment like this sometimes where she talks about things she's loving, things she's hating. Um, I think it's just a good concept. I've heard it on some other podcasts too. And so I figured, you know what, I'm just going to go for it and talk a little bit about things I'm loving, things I'm hating. So, uh, I'm going to give you three each. So I'll go through the things I am hating first, and then I'll go through the things I'm loving. Since I just talked about some life updates and some things I'm loving, I'll go through the hates first. So I say this like, 
just loving hating as a fun nature thing. I'm not like full of hatred for these things. Uh, it's just stuff that's been bugging me lately. Okay, so the first one is when restaurants bring out your food separate and you have to wait or are the last one to get your food. I cannot stand this. Like, I think it's it's one of those times in your life that grows you as a person, like, that you have to act like you're patient and unbothered by it and everything. But, man, does it bother me, like, especially when I'm the last one. If I'm the first one, no, it does not bother me, of course. <laughs> but I don't understand why did they bring the food out separate. And I'm not talking, like, oh, they have to just go grab the other pigs from the kitchen. I'm talking, like, they're making it and bringing it and, like, this person's done with their meal and you still don't have yours. I just feel like it's so rude because you know whoever doesn't have their plate is like hungry and waiting and just watching you eat. And then, and then if you're the one that gets your plate, you have to be like, Oh, do you want to fry or something like that? And they're like, Oh no, I'm fine. I can wait. But they're secretly like eyeing your fry and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. Where's my food? Where's my food? And it just creates like this, uh, nature of impatience that you have to really struggle against. It happened to me recently and I was the last one to get my food and man, was I struggling because I was hungry and anyway that just really annoys me um okay second thing i've been hating uh instagram it's it's like dead to me i just i was saying i go through ups and flows in life and um just in general like it's it's dimming that little soul light for me for years it has been like it does not creatively inspire me at all or make me like feel alive or excited or anything like that it just dims out that light like every time I get on it. And that's really almost all social media for me. Like I am not reaping positive benefits of it for the most part. Um, soul drainers, that's what they've been. I will say the one, the one social media is TikTok that I like. And I know that's controversial because a lot of people don't like TikTok or think it's like stupid or that you're getting all your info stolen. And maybe so. Maybe they have all the dirt in the world on me, which... Um, really isn't much to have. Um, but I'm telling you what, TikTok, that's where it's been at for me lately. Um, I think you have to have balance. I, <laughs> during like COVID time, I was definitely addicted to TikTok for a little bit because what else was there to do? Um, I'm not on it nearly as much now, especially because I've been reading so much. Um, but yeah, that's really the only like social media I'm digging right now. I can't believe I just used the word digging. I I don't really normally use that. I think I'm just, you know, solo podcasting, finding my way here. Um, yeah, I don't know. All the other ones are just draining my soul. And I really feel like just like wiping my grid clean, archiving everything and like quitting them indefinitely. Um, to be determined. We'll see. Okay, last thing I'm hating. Oh my goodness. When they rearrange the grocery store. I can't stand that. I want to get in and out. I make my grocery list according to how that store is arranged so that I can be so efficient with my time. Like when I'm thinking through the groceries I need for the week, I am putting them in order of how that store is laid out and I go down the aisles. So I can zoom in there 15 minutes, get groceries for the next week or two. Like I can be so efficient. And then, you know, you have it all ready to go. It's of course, when you're in like a, a big rush, like you have somewhere to be or something. And you're like, oh, I'll just real quick pick up these groceries because I know how quick I can be. You walk in, everything is different. Everything is somewhere else. 
oh, it's like a pit and your stomach drops. And I know they, I think their reasoning is because then it makes you like look at other things you'd scan over. Like they want to keep mixing it up to um, have you having to look for things. But man, does that irk me. And I don't go grocery shopping all the time now. I do do pickups sometimes um, or like delivery. It just depending on how busy I am. Grocery shopping is something I enjoy if I have a lot of time to go grocery shopping and just like peruse the aisles. Oh, that would be so much fun then. And I won't care about the store being rearranged. But when it's just like, no, I just need to get in, get out, get my groceries. And that happens. Oh, it's the worst. It is the worst. Okay. So that's three things I've been hating. Let's move on to three things I've been loving. Okay. The first one. Um, nature documentaries, the ones that are narrated by a really calming male voice. Um, often it's that British male voice and I wish I could tell you who, but I cannot for the life of me think of, of what his name is. Um, and I can't even look it up because my Wi-Fi out here is stinky because of the rain, which isn't that so weird. Does anyone else experience that? Maybe it's just living in rural America, but when it's like really rainy or hazy, my service is not quite as good on my phone or my Wi-Fi. But aside from the point, those nature documentaries, oh my goodness, I love those. It is so hard for me to watch TV and be fully focused on it. Like, I want to be on my computer or also reading or like on my phone. I just, it takes a lot for me to fully give my attention to a movie or show. It just doesn't do it for me. That's just like background fluff. Like I can't work with music on in the background because that is so distracting for my brain. I cannot focus. But if there's like a TV show or someone talking or something like that, it just like blends out in the background. It's not distracting at all to me. Um, but then it's really hard for me to focus on those things. And I found though, when we put on one of those nature documentaries, I am like all there because I just like, I can't miss a moment because it's, if you miss a moment, you miss, might miss seeing like the coolest thing ever. And it's just so beautiful, like to see the world and things that you never would. It's just mind boggling. All the, the types of animals and like nature there is out there that I didn't even know about. Um, also on that aside, the ocean scares me to death. I don't know if I've talked about this. I do not like the ocean much at all. I really only will go in ocean water if it's like crystal, crystal clear. And I'll go in like up to like my knees or waist if I still can pretty much see my feet. Um, I also want the water to be really warm. So I'm talking like Caribbean or Hawaii or, um, the one time when I went to Siesta Key with my friend in Florida, the water was like that. And they said it was kind of like a fluke. It was just like a really nice time. But that's like, that's when I'll go in the water like that. Otherwise, if it's a murky, uh-uh, the ocean scares me to death. And you think about like, when we go to the beach, we're literally going on like this tiniest, teeniest sliver of it. And it's still like you, you see people like sometimes those videos from up above where like the sharks are swimming or people like get their legs hit by something and you're like what is it the depths of the ocean oh my goodness I can't even like conceptualize what lives in them I how deep the ocean goes the people that go out just like free diving or into the middle of the ocean or even on a boat those people that go on a boat for months I don't even know guys if I could do a cruise I'm gonna be honest 
The ocean scares me. And Logan believes I can't swim, which I can swim. I took swimming lessons as a child. And then in school, we had even more swimming lessons. And I can absolutely swim. Um, I just in general don't love water. I have been known to panic when I get in the water. <laughs> Um, but I can swim. I can do multiple strokes of swimming. I'm not going to say well, but I can definitely swim and could swim for an extended period of time. I also hate water because, um, swimming like chlorine, I'm super sensitive to it. I think I've talked about this before. And so it's always an unpleasant experience for me. If it gets in my nose, like chlorinated water, um, it gives me a headache. It makes my skin itchy, all those types of things. Um, so, I mean, like, ocean water, definitely better, but I don't like the ocean because it scares me, and a lake's always just kind of, like, scuzzy, so I don't have a lot of swimming opportunities. A saltwater pool is my ideal, but there aren't many around, although I was telling Logan there is one at a country club near us, and I was like, we need to join that country club so I can swim in that pool more, um, but yeah, something I've been loving, uh, nature documentaries. I'm really enjoying them. And it's actually funny because Logan will stay up to like watch a show or watch whatever. And as soon as one of those nature documentaries come on, it puts him right to sleep and keeps me up. So um, at least I know what puts him to bed. That must be calming for him. And on that note, the other thing I was going to say was um, something I've been loving are videos that calm my brain, which are not nature documentaries for me. Um, but they are, okay, they're like the most random videos I will find on YouTube and get on like this little train of just like watching them nonstop. And they just like do something calming for my brain. One of them is videos of cars being detailed. Just watching them, like it's like the dirtiest, nastiest car you've seen. And then they go in and they're like taking the seats out, sweeping this thing up, scrubbing the carpet, scrubbing the seats, cleaning the outside. There is something so like calming about it to me to, and to just watch them like do the process of cleaning it and then see the end result oh I just love it I get on like these big kicks of just like watching that non-stop um other videos I love to watch okay there is a lady on TikTok that live streams every night and she makes like she takes cups and puts like acrylic on them with like sparkles and like a like a epoxy acrylic type of thing she like spins them on this little wheel and I think she does like a custom cup each night that someone orders or someone on the live feed is there like saying, oh, I want these colors and stuff. Um, her name's Mrs. Dutchie, I think. She's just like some old lady that does it from her house and live streams on TikTok. And she just kind of like talks while she's making these cups. And there's just something so calming about it. I don't have one of the cups, don't want one, don't know anything about them. Um, but every once in a while I just get on like a kick and I can't get off it. Like I'm just, I'm fully there watching it. Um, Lastly, uh, ducks in water, videos of ducks in water, seeing it in person. My neighbor has ducks is even more like it gets me in a trance, just like watching them from the little bridge fire house as they like flap around in the water, but videos of ducks waddling or just like flapping their wings in water and kind of like bobbing on the surface, um, does something to calm my brain. So those are, I've been loving videos that calm my brain like that. Um, lastly, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here because I can't talk about this anymore. Possibly. I have been loving reading, just reading, reading, reading. I have been ravenous for books. I recently read the Akatar series, um, A Court of Thorns and Roses. 
And it's kind of like trending right now. I think the first book came out in 2015 and the last one that was released was like 2021. So it's not like a brand new series. Um, there's four, there's like five books essentially that tie together with these same characters um, in the series. And the first three are a trilogy. And then there's um, one that's like a little, I think they call it a novella, maybe. It's like from the different characters' perspectives. And then the last one, is from one of the side characters perspectives like from the trilogy um and so anyway the first three books I just like was soaring through they're 80 chapters each roughly I think the first one's a little shorter um close to six or seven hundred pages I was reading these in a day guys like I was up till 3 a.m and then waking up at like 6 a.m to read before work like all I was doing was reading Logan was like where's my wife what has happened to you? And I was like, I just, I can't explain it. I have to, I have to know what happens. I like, I can't think about anything else. Like even then when I couldn't be reading, I'm thinking about like, when can I read again? I need to know. Um, yeah, they totally sucked me in. I really was ravenous for them. I needed to know what happened. They were, they're like, okay, so I have been reading fiction books and enjoying those these are a fantasy romance book, which is like way out of my wheelhouse. Um, I'm not a fantasy book girl. I do not, I, Harry Potter, not my thing. Twilight, not my thing. None of those things like do it for me. Um, and so I was really shocked that I liked these, but I saw people saying like, I don't like fantasy at all. And I loved these books. So I decided to try it and then I got hooked. Um, they were good. Like, I now feel like I could go back and reread and pick up on so much I didn't catch before from the story and I don't want to give any spoilers with them or anything um they were like very different than the books I normally read um and I don't know like I don't think it fully converted me to like reading fantasy books like I think I'll go back to just like my normal like fiction novels or like romance which do I even really have a normal because I did just start reading so who knows I might try a little bit of everything one of the genres I have been interested to read is historical fiction like where people write about a time period and it's like a fictional point of view um but there is like pretty accurate historical settings to it and stuff um I think for some reason I'd enjoy that uh so yeah anyway I'm just exploring this whole new world of reading and I follow a couple like bookstagram accounts on Instagram that is one thing I've been liking about Instagram where they share like these are the books being released this month or these are like my favorite books. I am on Goodreads now sharing all my reads on there. Um, so link up with me. We can be book friends. Um, and I'm starting a book club in 2024. I've just gone full send. This is my new hobby. This is the new thing <laughs> I um, am fixated on. And yeah, I'm just really like all I want to do now is read. And that's really weird for me. I've always liked reading, but this is like a new level. So yeah, that's been the last thing I'm really loving. And with that, I am going to answer a couple Q&A questions. I'm not going to do them all because Jensen's not here. And I feel like we like balance each other well with answering these. Um, and <laughs> you guys didn't ask for just Rachel's unsolicited advice on your questions. So um, I'm just going to answer like two here, I think probably um that we got in we only got a couple this time which is good because I didn't want to be here like answering like 20 
Q&A questions um, all on my own. So, okay, the first one that we got is help I'm struggling um, with feeling like family planning is against God's design. So, okay, um, family planning, essentially, if anyone's listening and they're like, what does that even mean? Um, family planning is like planning when you're going to have children, right? Um, and so a lot of what I've talked about on here with like birth control methods and stuff, um, has been like, essentially some people call it like the family planning method when you're doing like the temperature tracking and ovulation tracking and that type of stuff. Um, I use it right now to help avoid getting pregnant because I am not ready to be pregnant. Um, and this is like a tricky question. I don't know if I really have the full answer for this because I think when it comes to like, okay, so you're saying like God's design and stuff. I think it's like always a personal type of thing. I don't think there's always like straight set answers for everything with this is okay or this isn't okay. Like I do believe the Bible has things that are like black and white like that. But I think that there are also things then that we kind of get to make choices and our personal convictions play part in. Um, you could say things like drinking alcohol or like that or getting tattoos. And I know some people would say like, no, those are sinly or those are against God. And other people would say like, no, it's not. So I think there just plays in like personal conviction there too with your own faith and like where you feel um, you are. Uh, as far as like family planning against God's design. Okay, so I get like where you'd be coming from with that with feeling like, you know, God should will me to have as many kids as he wants. Um, and like, if I'm not supposed to, I won't. And if I am supposed to, I am. Um, I think mindsets like that, I think I first want to say like, whatever you feel convicted to do, like that's your conviction. And I have no judgment there. Like that's between you and God and your husband or spouse. Um, but for me, like looking at it that way, yes, I think like God obviously knows beyond what we know, like, and has plans beyond what we, what we have. But I think that the other thing with that is we do have responsibility to parent and care for those children that we have then. And so I, I think that we're called to like, be the best family environment and parents we can. And so you look at an example of these families that have like a lot, a lot of kids because they don't believe in any birth control at all. Kind of like the Duggars or people in that world, which they're also involved in some like cultish organizations. So I'm sure that plays factor into how like their families are raised and their children and stuff. And like, they're having like 19 kids because they're like, Oh, well, God doesn't will for me to stop. But like her last children, like she had so preemie and like they almost died. She almost died. And I mean, that could have happened with any child. Pregnancy is complicated. But I think that there's some sort of responsibility you bear and being like, am I able to appropriately care for these kids and give them the love and the guidance and raise them up like I'm supposed to when I'm having them? Because I think that that's part of it too. I mean, you can be popping out babies all day long, but then if you're not able to like financially care for them or just like, mentally physically care for them because it's too much and you have your hands too full then like I feel like you're you're missing the family unit component of like what God's intention is for that um I know I'll just speak like from personal experience 
I struggle with this sometimes because I very much am like, oh, wish I would have gotten pregnant the day after we got married, right? But Logan and I have discussed it time and again, and like we have been waiting because ultimately I really would like to stay home with those kids and be able to raise them and be like, I want to be the one predominantly with my children, like raising them and influencing them. And that's something Logan and I are both really passionate about is us being able to like really be fully involved in our kids' lives and them not feeling like a burden. Not that they ever would, but like without that opportunity for me to like stay with the kids and who knows that might not happen anyway, but we'd rather try to like set up for that situation. Um, because that's just like our desire and what we think will be best for our family unit. Um, and so that means us waiting a few years until we're in a place where like we're financially stable that I don't need to work and we have the bandwidth to be able to kind of like have these children and have me staying home with them and just um, a few different dynamics of our life. And I have like raging baby fever, um, especially around ovulation, of course. Um, and I do like go back and forth where I'm like, but like, why are we waiting? Like, that's stupid. It's for this, this, and this. And shouldn't we be having kids? Like, there's no reason to wait. And then what if we can't when we want to? And like, I just think this is such a complex, complex uh, topic. And um, I really can't say one way or the other. For us, like, we've prayed about it a lot. We've talked about it a lot. And we do feel like we're still in a season of waiting. And people might think like, oh, that's wrong. Like you should be having them right now. Why would you hold off? But I just think it's so personal to like each couple and their relationship with God and what he has planned for them and their family. That that's really like my main advice with that is just like you and your spouse need to talk about this and pray about it and see like where God leads you together. Because maybe it is like, he's like, nope, pop them out. You're having 12 and like, <laughs> just keep going. But, um, I, I think that's a hard one to answer because I don't think it's clear cut for like every single person. I think it has to be, has to be personalized, obviously. Um, okay. So yeah, I feel like I did a really bad job at answering that one and hopefully I didn't talk in too many circles, but, uh, I tried my best. I need Jensen here. I miss her. She's, <laughs> she's good at, um, kind of like balancing out my, my rambles. Um, okay. The second one that I'll answer is uh, just wanting a reminder. I know you've talked about it before. What got you guys started on your crunchy journeys? So Jensen's not here, so I can't answer for her, obviously. So maybe she'll answer this some other time, but I will answer for me. I think I've shared this before. It might've been on like our very first pilot, like welcome episode, but I will share again here because it has been a while since that first episode, which is shocking. Like we've been doing this podcast for quite a bit now. Um, so for me, I got started on my crunchy journey when I was very young, um, early, late middle school, early high school. Um, I suffered with severe acne, um, like hormonal acne and just like, yeah, a lot of acne. Um, my mom was taking me to, to a dermatologist and she did not let me get on birth control for it, which I thank her for. Um, because I would have been put on very young and I just feel like I could have had like ongoing issues from that now. Um, but they did give me a lot of topical creams and like the creams they give you just, they kill the acne, but they also kill every 
other thing on your face, including your skin. And then your skin's so like dry and dead and it's just miserable and painful. And, um, yeah, I was just, I was going through that. Nothing seemed to work. I was hated like how my skin was. Um, at the time I had like a really bad diet and just wasn't taking care of myself. And then I found, um, on Pinterest one day in, in study hall, I was scrolling Pinterest and, um, it was some type of like little Pinterest pin that was like, use oil to wash your face or like why I only use oil to wash my face. And I was like, what the heck? So I clicked on it and it took me to the wellness mama's website, which I adore her now. I still follow her. I still read her blogs all these years later. Um, and it was just this whole article about, uh, she used olive oil to oil cleanse her face. And that was all she did like skincare wise and about how you would think like, oh, it'd be worse for you, but it actually worked well for her. And I was just like, I got nothing to lose. So I was hating the creams at that point anyway. Um, not only were they like drying my skin out and super annoying, the appointments, we had to drive pretty far for them and the ointments were really expensive and it was just like, it, I was just, I was done with it. So I quit all the ointments, cold turkey, and I got some good quality olive oil and just started to go at it. And at the same time, I started to read more of the Wellness Mama blog and like change up my diet and my lifestyle and stuff like that. I started exercising, started eating better. Um, and just like my skin started clearing up. I started feeling better. I was like losing weight. I think I was really helping rebalance my gut and things like that. And I kind of just like spiraled from there into the crunchy world. Um, and then I got pretty crunchy. I was <laughs> making all my own makeup and sunscreen and beauty products and my own dry shampoo and my own toothpaste and body butter and all these things. I, for Christmas would be like, mom, dad, I just want all these supplies. And it'd be like big blocks of shea butter and bags of beeswax and, uh, like zinc oxide and maca powder to make makeup with and stuff. Um, and I had like a whole arsenal of it. And then I started gardening and like growing beets and drying those and using them for makeup. And then I got really like, there were like years I didn't eat any processed food at all. I didn't eat anything fried in vegetable oil, did not drink any soda. Um, I also got like overly restrictive and struggled with like disordered eating in there for a while. And then I got pulled out of the depths, kind of like um, turned it around and got back to a place where I was healthier with more balance. And I'd say like that has been ever evolving now for the past five, six, seven years ish. I don't know. It's hard for me like to not, not, it's hard for me to say without having like a timeline here. But, um, yeah, I really just started with the acne and then I spiraled into being like insanely crunchy during high school, um, for a long period of time. And then I've kind of like swing the pendulum in the other direction where I'm trying to be like very balanced and neutral. And I think that's where I still reside today. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where my crunchy journey started and it's ever evolving, uh, kind of crunchy. This is all about having a balance in your life. And that's why it's kind of crunchy. I didn't really even talk about that many crunchy things on today's episode because it was just life updates and rambles from Rachel. Um, but yeah, we will have coming episodes where we talk on many more, um, crunchy topics. 
Jensen and I had some really fun episodes planned today, so I'm sure we'll just, like, uh, use those the next time we record. I'm so excited for them. I think you guys are going to love them. Um, I don't want to spoil them, though, so I'm, I'm not going to say. Um, but, yeah, thanks for joining me today. I know you didn't plan to come for an hour of Rachel talking on her solo episode, but I hope I didn't bore you too much. And, yeah, have a wonderful day, guys. Bye-bye. Remember, although we talk all things health and wellness here, this is not medical advice and you should always seek out your medical professional for further questions. Thanks again for listening. Please remember to share, comment, and subscribe to help support our podcast.